If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today we have Phoebe um, from Melbourne, who is sort of like a doula uh, and a member of Newborn Mothers Collective. But Phoebe, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, Julia. I am Phoebe. I am the owner-operator of Phoebe Hallow's Family Life Support. I am a postpartum doula and professional organiser. I help young families, new families to find their flow. I love it. And we were just talking about a lot of people when you think of postpartum doulas as the first six weeks or a few months, maybe a year at a stretch. Um, but we were just talking about the fact that most people don't actually realize postpartum depression is actually most common four years after the birth of the first child. And Phoebe, that's really a strong passion of yours, isn't it? Coming in, not um, just in the early months, but those years. Absolutely. I have had postnatal depression myself after my second and third baby. And it was, um, it became harder as they became older because the sleep deprivation um, became so much harder to overcome and their needs increased, the needs of the, my children. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's something that I see a lot. And what we've actually got you on the podcast today to talk about is 21st century village building. This has become a really, um, you know, quite an obsessive interest of mine uh, because all the mothers I talk about, I talk to are talking about where's my village gone? What happened to my people? Um, and a lot of people feel quite like it's a bit impossible or there's nothing they can really do about that. Um, and really, in my experience, that's not true. And Phoebe, you've had some really amazing and interesting ways of building your village. Um, so do you want to start with maybe where you were at before you found your village and how you were feeling? Yeah, absolutely. So I have currently three children under five. And when my first child was born um I was the first in my circle of friends to have a child so I definitely didn't have um any other friends with children who I could connect with um I had my local mother's group but even then I didn't I was younger so I didn't really connect with any of those families um and then I immediately fell pregnant um when my son was 16 weeks old. So I had two under one for a period and um, developed really bad postnatal depression once he was born because I didn't have really anyone besides my husband as support. I certainly had friends who I would catch up with for coffee, um, but not that really like heart-centered, you know, soul-nurturing support that we really actually need to thrive as new parents. Um, and then after my second baby um, got a little bit older, um, I realized that I wanted to be a doula, a birth doula. Um, so I did my birth doula training. And whilst I realized that I didn't actually want to work as a birth doula, it opened me up to so many parts of myself that I realized needed some work. Um, and a huge part of that was 
um, meeting other people who were passionate about women's health and community and connection. Um, and from there, it sort of gained some momentum, but it wasn't something that just happened. I realised that we say the community or the village is dead. I don't think that's true. I think we just stopped looking for it because we're told that it's not there. Um, and I started working to create my village. Yeah, I love it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, you have some really beautiful and unusual village building strategies that caught my attention and that's why I've invited you here to share them. So, um, yeah, do you want to tell us some of the things that you actually did? Absolutely. Um, so the first thing I started doing was everywhere I went, I would smile at strangers. I especially made the effort to smile at other mums who looked like they were maybe having a hard time or even if we were just walking past, you know, in the supermarket, I made sure that I would smile because I realised that there were other mums out there everywhere also doing mum life with their kids in tow and I wanted... I basically wanted them to be my friends and to be part of my community. Um, and I also started offering help to everyone because I realised that by opening myself up um, to supporting others, it would open up them or give them others, my community, the opportunity to also help me. It had to be two-way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, I, I understand that you were doing the smiling at people as a way of saying to the universe, I'm open to these friendships. Oh, yes. I was, like, I was like, give me a community. I will take anyone. I even had a situation where a woman, an older woman at the milk bar came up to me and said, oh, I have three grandchildren. I know it's really hard. If you ever need anything, just come and knock on my door. She lives on my street. I have her address. I've not used it yet, but I could if I needed to. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, right when you were saying that, I watched a TED Talk, and I'll include it in the show notes for people who want to watch. But it was a, a, a TED Talk about a happiness research that found that people would expect that your, that your deeper, fewer relationships are more important. For example, having a good marriage, having a good relationship with your um, parents, your kids, maybe your immediate close circle of friends, that that would correlate the most highly with happiness. But actually that only came second. And what correlated the most highly with happiness was these regular incidental connections, the things like smiling um, you know, at strangers or chatting to the barista were, actually was the most important indicator of happiness. And that's certainly been my experience. I live in a very small community we're in the city but it's very like a tight town i always say it's a bit like living in the country um yeah. and we all smile at each other everyone just you know you go for a walk in the morning and you smile and wave at everyone so that's definitely a huge part of my community and my happiness but i think people don't necessarily do that or value that anymore yeah, totally true. It's funny. When I developed postnatal depression, the first time I was living in not a very lovely suburb and I've since moved to a street that has a coffee shop and a milk bar and a park at the end of the street, which means that we get to smile and chat to our neighbours all the time. And I definitely relate to that um, 
you know, casual encounters and casual connections as being really valuable. Are you listening to this awesome interview with a postpartum professional and thinking that this might be your calling in life too? Do you believe postpartum care could be a respected, valued and well-paid profession but feel frustrated and don't know where to start? Newborn Mothers Collective is online worldwide postpartum training and professional development with over a thousand students from 40 different countries around the world. We value human rights, scientific evidence and diversity and we'd love you to join us at newbornmothers.com. You know, it's a really top village building tip. It's not an easy one, but I think moving to a good neighbourhood is um, absolutely critical, isn't it? It's not, like, I understand that it's not possible for everyone, but if it is, it's amazing. Mm, Yeah, and we choose to rent in a a village, you know, rather than buy where we can afford, so. Oh, us too, us too. And lots of people say, you should get out of the rent market and buy, and I'm like, I'd have to go live in the burbs, I'm not doing it. (laughs) I would so much rather rent and have a lifestyle that I enjoy and where I feel supported than own my own house and feel isolated. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the, that's already two amazing things that you've done to build your village. Um, You've also talked about being honest about what you were going through and your struggle. Can you talk about that more? Oh, yes, totally. So I used to consider myself to be a chronic oversharer. Um, and it used to make, and I used to feel self-conscious about that, but then I realized that it was actually inviting connection because other people would stand up and be like, oh yeah, me too. I'm also having a really shit day. And by being honest about where I was at and how I was feeling with my children meant that people knew that A, I needed help, B, I was open and, um, understanding to their own experience to you know the other people's experiences and it allowed me to firstly these people to come to stand up and say okay I will help you and then for me to say oh hey I can actually help you too which meant that we were able to be friends and um, help each other out and be there for each other which would definitely not have happened had I stayed quiet Yeah, I like another little point that you brought up there. I have a friend who talks about this a lot too, but this idea that actually you need to have some some practical reason to get together um, and that actually then that builds the connection. So just meeting up for social stuff, it's too easy to say, oh, no, I'm too busy for a coffee today. But if you actually have a sort of a commitment or you have a task to complete or some practical way of helping each other or doing something, achieving something together, then that actually really makes you come together um, a lot more. So you were saying you meet, for example, at the farmer's market, I think, yeah, Preston Market. And we run errands together and it's amazing. It makes a really, te- or what could be a really tedious task, really fun. And you have someone you mentioned as well before we hit record. You have one of your friends right now looking after your children. Oh, yeah. Well, my baby. She's just rocked him to sleep so that I could do this. And yeah, she's, my, she's got a child as well. And we... When we meet, at the, when we walk to the market, I'll then hang out with her babe while she picks up a few things. Yeah, so I, I love that not having this separation between work and play, so that you, you actually have a reason to get together, and it doesn't feel like um, you don't have time because if you have to go and do your shopping separately and then 
find time also to go and meet your friends with a coffee, you just don't. I mean, you just run out of time. Whereas if you do the shopping together, um, then you, yes, two birds with one. Well, two birds, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And another thing you've mentioned as well is um, being very specific about the kind of help you want. Something that we hear a lot is that people say that the help doesn't help, you know, people's friends and strangers with all the best intentions come along and do things that are not at all useful um, and actually sometimes make things worse. So how do you make sure that the help that you're getting is actually the right kind of help? Um, well, I started off by asking, by stopping asking people for help who were not helping me in the way that I wanted to be helped. So I stopped asking like my mum, for example, to come over and help me because it just became more stressful. And instead I would say to my girlfriends, hey, I really need to clean my house. Can you please come over and bring your children and chat to me whilst I do my job? So I started being really specific about what I needed. And most of the time what I needed was company um, to do the jobs that I needed or hey, if you're going past the shops, I need you to, oh, not I need you, can you please grab some milk for me and start being really specific about sort of the details instead of just I need help and someone saying, okay, here, I'll take your kids for a day. It's like, no, 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 I don't need help with that. I actually want to be spending time with my children. I just need, like, more support to enjoy them. Yes, I love it. I love it so much. Um, have you got anything else to add? I, I think you, we've covered so much and you've got some really, really great specific um, tips in there. Something I've done as a doula on that topic is uh, often whilst we chat about breastfeeding and in-laws and, you know, visitors and all those, you know, lovely postpartum topics, we'll just be folding the laundry together and, um, you know, with me as a doula and with a client. But those kinds of little things... Um, I think they make a huge difference. And I think if you're trying to hide the fact that your life is a bit chaotic, it makes it very, very hard to ever let people in. Oh, yeah. Embrace the chaos totally. The lawn, like the sitting around folding laundry and drinking coffee thing together, that is like my idea of a good time. Um, <laughs> if there is anything else I would like to add, um, go out and meet people like, I'm, I'm, you don't have to be an extrovert to go out and connect with another parent. Go to mother's groups, go to the local park and like just sit down next to someone and smile. You don't know who will be the next person who's going to breeze into your life and just take, take some of your load off. Yeah, I love it. And you often have to do that a lot of times. I think people are so afraid of rejection that if they do sit next to someone in the park and smile at them and that doesn't work out, then they're like, well, that doesn't work. I'm never doing that again. But you might have to do that 10 or 20 times before you find the one. Oh, yeah. Be the weirdo. It's like dating. It's totally like dating where you might have to go through a few like awkward encounters to find your new, you know, mum BFF. Yeah, I love it. You have to do a bit of swiping. <laughs> Life left, no, no, no. Um, awesome, that's so great. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how people can find you, Phoebe? If anyone is listening to this, living in the Melbourne area and thinking I need a bit of Phoebe in my life, where can they go? 
Oh, you so need a bit of Phoebe Hallows in your life. Okay, so you can check me out on Instagram and Facebook, Phoebe Hallows Family Life Support. And my website is phoebehallows.com.au. Yeah, I love it. We'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And just a few takeaways for everyone listening. Smile at strangers. Um, admit the struggle. Uh, be really specific when you're asking for help. Um, find a crew and don't separate your work and play. Just hang out and do everything together. Uh, and I think that pretty much covers sort of the four top tips, I think, that we've, we have covered for today. Julia, thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting to talk about. It is so my jam, connecting mothers with their crew, with their community. Awesome. We've got a whole series on the podcast coming up as well. I've been interviewing a few people about this topic. So, yes, totally agree. It's a very exciting topic. I can't wait to listen. All right. Thanks, Phoebe. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Julia. Bye. Bye. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.